We are stretching our boundaries, going national on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour, Real Kipper and Bourne, brought to you by Bet365. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo pushing all the right buttons for us, and Jen Rolnick, of course, as well. All right, let's bring him in. It hasn't been a while, has it? Mike I, Kelly, is he ready? I did they buzz? Oh, he hey, was ready. Buddy. Hey. He was ready like on um, Tuesday, I think. <laughs> Mike, how are you, pal? I'm doing good, Kipper. How are you, buddy? We're good. We're good. All right, let's um, let's get right into it uh, because I don't know. A couple weeks ago, we would have thought for sure a guy like Austin Matthews would have been an afterthought when we're talking about an MVP, Kucherov, McDavid. And McKinnon owned this spot now, but is it uh, is it Austin's now right in the thick of things? Is he is he ahead now with the the thought that he could end up with seventy seventy five goals? Where where are you on that? So I was going through this today, and uh, it probably won't shock you guys. I'm a pretty kind of literal thinker here, and how I went about my approach on on doing the Hart Trophy stuff, but. If you look, like I look at facts, I look at precedent. And if you look at the last six years, not going back too far, there's really three ways to win the Hart Trophy. You can lead the league in points, and that's four of the six. You can score more goals than anybody, and a big number, and that's Matthews a couple years ago when he did it. Or you can drag your team kicking and screaming into the playoffs by being so much better than everyone else in your team that you get the award that is given to the player deemed most valuable to his team. And that was Taylor Hall. So does Matthews check any of these boxes here? Well, he's on pace to score 77 goals. He's on pace to score 20 more goals than anyone else, (laughs) which is insane. So like, will he keep it up? Probably not. But I mean, can he get 70? Absolutely. He won the Hart Trophy when he scored 60, which was only five more goals than Dreisaitl. And Dreisaitl had five more points than him. So if Matthews gets 70 plus this year and, and, say it's 10 or more goals than anyone else, precedent would say, yeah, he's got a case to be right in there. Yeah, it's uh, the conversation has changed a little bit, and I know you're a guy who is also aware of the defensive metrics, and he's been a pretty good defensive player this year uh, as well, has he not? Yeah, 100%. And I'm sure you guys see it the way that he plays too, right? And um, like there are times when he's not as engaged as he could be maybe in his own end, yeah. like a lot of guys. Um, but when you look at his impact, I mean, more stick checks, that's separating an opponent from the puck with your stick than any forward in the league. And he kills penalties, but not a ton where you might get a little bit more. Um, just anything you look at puck battles, block shots, he's up there. Um, a lot of that impact coming in the ozone as well, but that helps create more offense for his team. So he's, is he deficient defensively? Absolutely not. He is way better than average. And, and that, I think you bring up a great point there, Borny, is that, to score the way that he does, like he's not cherry picking. This guy's complete game is crazy. Yeah, Kip, I want to follow up on Matthews. Do you have anything else on Matthews? Or you... Yeah, I do. Okay, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. All right, I, I, you have follow a tweet. Oh, I was going to ask about tonight because he, uh, he just had a tweet while we were on air about facing Aiden Hill, who is uh, apparently a goaltender tailor-made to stop Austin Matthews. Uh, what, what did you dig up? Yeah, yeah, this was very tongue-in-cheek, by the way, but... Um, hey, look, if there's one guy, it's been Aiden Hill. So 
It's just funny, like Matthews is this release is so quick. He's scoring a bunch of one-timer goals, which uh, has been an evolution in his game over the years. He goes high glove more than anywhere else in the net. Well, Aiden Hill has the best save percentage in the league on quick release shots. He's got the fifth best save percentage on high glove shots. And Matthews has faced him three times. He's got 10 shots, no goals. Two goalies in the NHL. Matthews has faced three times with 10 shots, no goals. So, yes, clearly Aiden Hill Matthews is way too good a goalie for Austin Matthews. <laughs> so last night on our telecast, uh, somebody threw a, a number at t- Maybe you had it on our lineup that uh, Austin uh, scores twenty, roughly 25% of all the Leaf goals. And any idea where that would stand historically? What is the average? I mean, it's someone mentioned to me maybe the last one close would have been Stamkos at at 60 goals for roughly 15%. Like how crazy is 25% at this point of a season? That is, that's a great point. I I don't know off the top of my head, and I actually hadn't even thought about it in those terms, but uh, a quarter of their goals for one guy is, yeah, that that really puts it in good perspective. Um, That number might go down if Bobby McMahon keeps scoring the way that he does, though. (laughs) That guy's on a heater. Well, if you're Sheldon, you're hoping and praying that it goes down. (laughs) Yeah, they need some help from somewhere else. So looking around at some of the other trophies, Mike, uh, you had talked about Quinn Hughes earlier in the season. I think last time we had you on, we talked a bit about the Norris Trophy. Do you still think Hughes is the front runner there? Yeah, I do. Um, oh, I sense hesitation. Not, <laughs> no, no hesitation. I know last time I was very definitive about it. Um, he, I, I do still think it's his. And there's guys close, like Kale McCars. I think, closed the gap. Um, Noah Dobson's in that mix. Um, I don't know, guys. Like, it, do, would you give it to anyone other than Quinn Hughes right now? I think he's just the numbers he's put up. He's an assist a game on an elite team playing huge minutes. His defensive game's really good. He's scoring goals, kind of doing it all. You know, it's it's funny when you say that because we do know that at the trade deadline, there's just a thirst for defense, right? Yeah. And yet, when we talk about Norris, I have a funny feeling that we're going to be talking about. Hughes and Makar for the next 10 years. But, you know, who, who's the next wave? I mean, you, you mentioned um, Dobson in uh, in the island, but, like, there there is a drop here, Mike. Yeah. Right? I mean, does it, does it say something about the position at all and 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 where we're kind of, I don't know, are we, where are, the, where are these guys coming from, Makars and, and, and Hughes and, are there enough of them? There there might be. It, I think you're totally right in that it's those two and then a gap, right, than everybody else. But, like, this isn't a next wave. But I would say also is Victor Hedman deserves some credit for the year he's having. He's 50-plus points. He's dragging Darren Radish around on a team that's in the playoffs. Like, he's he's had a great year. Um, and But he's uh, the on the downside wave, a little bit here, right? You no, know, he's on the downside. Yeah, so the next wave, like, I think Rasmus Dahlin on a better Buffalo team in a couple of years could be in that mix. Miro Heiskanen probably doesn't get enough credit. I wouldn't put him there this year, but in any given year, could he be in that mix? Owen Power, so. the next headman? Luke Hughes? Maybe Luke Hughes, maybe Mo Sider. Uh, some of these teams get a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Yep. Yeah, that to me would be kind of the next wave of guys coming. Well, then I, I, I'll put a guy in there and kind of take us to the next award conversation. Brock Faber in Minnesota is playing, I don't know, whatever it is, 24 minutes and tons of points and has made the Calder yeah. race 
interesting. Where do you stand on if Connor Bedard, you know, missing X amount of games will DQ him or ding him enough that Brock Faber could actually get in there? Well, I'll make the case for Faber. I think I think what I hope doesn't happen is that some people will have anointed Connor Bedard from the start of the season. Yeah. And then it's like he's winning it because he's the best player and he is the best player. But yeah, he missed some games. And what Brock Faber's doing, people didn't see that coming. Think about Brock Faber, like again, if you want some precedent here, think back to when Mo Sider won the Norris, the uh, Calder Trophy, sorry. Um, Trevor Zegers had a great year, 0.81 points per game. Bedard's at 0.9, better. But two guys scoring well on teams that weren't great. Uh, didn't have a lot to do other than score points, and, and they did that really well. Mo Sider played in Detroit, quarterback the power play in his rookie year, played big minutes, scored 50 points, won the Calder. So it's there's something there that's close. Faber, what he's doing is even more impressive than what Mo Sider did that year because he's playing on a Minnesota team that's battling for a playoff spot. He's on their top defense pair. He's quarterback in their power play. He's 25-plus minutes a night. That's seventh in the league. Four minutes a night more than any other rookie, and he's on pace to score 48 points. So the case is kind of there for it's already happened in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bedard could go bananas and score a ton. I just hope that people at the end of it look at them as two individual things and say, hey, let's look at Bedard now. Let's look at Faber. Let's look at whatever else because uh, he he should be right there. We're talking to Mike Kelly, who specializes in analytics with the NHL Network and Sport Logic. Uh, conversations earlier in the week talking about what teams should go for, what teams shouldn't. How wide open is it in the East and the West for you? And with the exception for me in the East, Florida Panthers. Uh, To me, everything has to go through them right now, barring any injury or Bobrovsky getting ice cold. In the West, I, I don't know. Vegas, do they get healthy? Are they the favorites? Does Edmonton need something? Is Vancouver coming down to earth? Where do you see the West? Yeah, uh, I'm with you that Florida, I think, like Florida is my cup favorite at this point, just not only the, how good they are, but the way they play. And Kipper, like you, you've been in those battles and, and you, you've been following the game forever as a part of it. And you too, Borny, you, you watch the way Florida plays. That, that to me just screams playoff success, right? Um, Bobrovsky's having a great year. Then I think it's, Everyone else in the East, in a way, like that, that's a gap there. Um, Boston, you can poke some holes in as good as their record is. I think you can do that for Toronto, Carolina, the Rangers. Uh, the West is, you know, Winnipeg's going through that second half struggle again for the second year in a row, as much as I love what they did at the start. And I think they're a very good team still also. Maybe Dallas doesn't get enough love for being a real legit contender with the kind of team that they have. Colorado, I'd never bet against. Like, I think Georgiev needs another guy in there that can ease the burden. If that guy ends up playing 65-whatever games uh, and then has to go do two months of the playoffs, that could be a tough ask as, as well as he's played. But um, And then I just wouldn't bet against Vegas because, like, Stone's out week to week, right? And uh, right before the trade deadline. Um, and you hope he gets healthy, but he'll come back. And they finally got their D healthy again. Aiden Hill's been great. Um God, we could do Florida-Vegas again. (laughs) Sammy didn't like the sounds of that. So, Mike, when you're going through, you know, you have access to a lot of data. You and I communicate uh, on a semi-regular basis, being that you're at Sport Logic and I like numbers. What do you use 
at this point to evaluate a team? What what sort of underlying numbers mean something to you when you're considering this is a team that I take seriously, even though maybe their points aren't there or whatever? Yeah, well, there's some of the usual stuff, right? How big is the gap between your process and your results? That's always kind of the, the easiest, but also the best way to look at it, right? If there's a team that's process is much better than its results, results should get better, vice versa. And what do you uh, consider you, process? Uh, the, the chances you generate, what you allow, um, those kind of things. And it's confounding for a team like Pittsburgh, whose process is always really good, but just can't score. Yeah and just can't win uh, the way that you think that they should. But that's gone on long enough now that you can't ignore it. Um, so Florida, this is why Florida, to me, like they're rock solid. They're second in goal differential. They are second in expected goal differential. They're right where they should be, which is elite. You look at a team like Detroit, they're, I don't know that they can score the way that they, they've been scoring, and they give up a lot of chances. Um, they could come down. You can kind of play that game a little bit. And then the other thing I look at with playoffs specifically as you get closer is how do you generate your offense? Um, learned a lesson with Florida a couple of years ago when they were so good offensively. They won the President's Trophy. They had one trick, and man, were they good at that trick. And when teams took it away, when Tampa took it away, there wasn't a plan B. Um, so multifaceted team. And this is why Florida to me is so interesting They've gone completely away from that. They don't score the way that they used to at all, but they score in so many other ways now. Um, and I think when you don't, when you can't really game plan for like, hey, take this away from this team, it'll really hurt them, make them beat us with their B game. What if their B, their C, their D game is also really good? Uh, those are the teams that I, I, I tend to, I guess, value more when the playoffs come around. Mike, in the in the big picture here, with thirty two teams in the league. Have we disappointed fans with playoff races in terms of having too many teams eliminated too early? Like, it seems like the Ottawa Senators were never in it. Uh, Buffalo was never in it. Columbus was never. I I can go on and on. But is it something that is just a one-off here? Is it something that the league should look at here? Or are you fine with it thinking about the Nashvilles and the Minnesotas still kind of being in it or... uh, the devils if they get a goalie it just seems to me like man i'm watching a bit of a snail's pace here with some of these teams that just don't look like they're that interested in making the playoffs some nights yeah yeah it's it's an interesting question because like how much of it is the way that the the point structure is set up and how much of it is i think wisely we've seen some teams say hey if forget playoffs if we don't think we're a cup contender we're tanking not tanking, but like we're, we're stripping it bare, right? Mm-hmm. So now Calgary. you've got teams. Calgary's going to go that route, I think. For uh, sure. Chicago. Yep. Chicago went that route. Um, Anaheim's gone that route. Teams that have just said, we're getting rid of everything and building it all back up again, Arizona. So you automatically have multiple teams every year that you know don't have a snowball's chance at making the playoffs. And then I think, too, with. Um, you know, the, was it last year that the East was like wrapped up at Christmas time, basically? Maybe yeah. it was two years. November last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then this year, even around the same time, I was like, there's one spot left in the East and maybe two in the West. Um, When you just do the math of it, right? Because the three point game can keep everybody picking up points, but also it's harder to move up spots in the standings as a result. You can, 
You think about the tear that uh, when L.A. was still winning and, and going with Edmonton, um, Edmonton only made up so much ground in the beginning until L.A. really fell off. It's hard to overcome teams. Mm-hmm. So it's not perfect. Um, I'm more of a traditionalist. I kind of like the the two points and the one versus eight and a uh, different way of doing it. Or maybe it's time to rethink the whole thing. I don't know. I like chaos. Let's come up with something new. Chaos is good. The um, you know For once, we have some chaos in our debates here about uh, best team in Canada or best chance at a Stanley Cup. Um, I don't think many people put the Leafs in that conversation, but certainly Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Vancouver all get their due. Is there one you see as having the strongest odds of the group? Well, I'd have to say Edmonton. Yeah. Um, you know, Vancouver, for as good as they've been and as good as they are, uh, they could be a team to me that's, you know, second-round see ya. Um, when you get up against some other teams, I, look, I love the Canucks and they're really good. They've got a great goalie. We know, we know what they are. Um, I just wonder again, can, is, is some of that offense, if it comes down to earth a little bit in the tighter checking playoffs, is that going to be a problem? Um, Winnipeg at its best, I maybe like more than anyone else in Canada, the way that they're built and the way that they can play. We're just seeing that inconsistency again. So then you look at Edmonton. Yeah, they they put it together for quite a while now. Um, they've proved that it's not just a power play to score offensively. They've proved they can get some scoring from guys other than their top two or three. Um, and Skinner, you know, I've I've kind of always said I think they need another guy there to push him or to help him. All he's done is prove me wrong since he kind of got back on track. So if he's going to play like that, I don't know how it couldn't be Edmonton. Which, Man, was everyone about Ottawa at the start of the season? Oh, very <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> I missed it. Was that, oh, the, the start of the season for the Oilers. Oh, yeah. So if, if you had to pick one team, Mike, to, to make the biggest splash here, uh, where would you lean? In Canada. In Canada, yeah. Oh, in Canada. Yeah. Um, mm, biggest splash. The biggest go for it. Edmonton, Toronto. I think the biggest go for it probably should be Vancouver, given kind of again where they're at. Well, probably Lindholm. It was a good start, right? That's a big piece. Lindholm's a great start. Zadorov. Yep. Um, you know whether it's adding like another winger or another guy on on the on defense, even for depth, if not a guy that can play every day. But uh, they they're ahead of schedule and they've got a pretty good chance to go on a run. Um, I don't think Winnipeg's the kind of team where big splash is what they need or what would even necessarily help them. And Toronto, I just, you look at other versions of this team, I don't think this is the best one. And I, they don't even have a lot of future to mortgage to begin with. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You, you see where things go, obviously, in the next few weeks. Um, but I'd be reluctant to give up too much for a one shot this year if I was, if I was Toronto. Uh, last one for me, just a team uh, that you know, outside of playoffs or at least on the cusp that you think has a chance. I'm looking at specifically the New Jersey Devils. You know, the Kings are in a wild card spot. Like there seems to be a few teams to me that are not, not way up there, but still have chance to win a cup. I wrote the other day about how it seems more than ever that a a Stanley cup winner could come from an eight seed, a seven seed in either conference. Yeah. um, I, I like the Devils. That'd be my one. There's, there's not a bubble team. Like maybe Minnesota kind of goes on a run 
St. Louis, I think you can poke holes in. Nashville, the same thing. You get to those teams. L.A., again, just because we know what they can be. Yeah, they could finish in a wild card. And to your point, Borny, go on a huge run. Um, but I'd, I'd probably go with the Devils because, like, if they get a little healthier and whether they have a goalie step up internally, whether it's Dawes that can take it and run with it or, or one of the other guys figures it out, um, or they go and get Jacob Markstrom. I mean, if they... Mike, sorry to interrupt, but it, to your point, if they go get Markstrom, are they set up analytically to be one of those teams to come from eight to maybe a, a final? To, oh, to be a uh, six or lower and have a great shot? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like, Markstrom's been a top five goalie this year, and one of the things I look at with goalies as well, as much as I can, because it's not perfect, is how does a goalie play, uh, and does that fit within the team system and what they allow? Like, I, I remember having a great conversation with Devin Dubnik about this when he left one team where it did not fit the way that he played at all, and it didn't go well, and he went to another that did, and he was brilliant. He's the same guy, just in the right spot. Yeah. Um, Markstrom, for me, there's no, there's nothing about New Jersey that would say, oh, that's going to be a problem, so... Yeah, that would be massive for a team that's had big goalie trouble. But otherwise, pretty pretty legit. All right. We'll wait and see. March 8th, trade deadline. Coming up. We'll have you on before then, I'm sure, Mike. Thanks for doing this, pal. All right. Good talking to you guys. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. NHL Network and Sport Logic putting all the numbers together for us. Yeah. My favorite no. thing to do is to check they have, like, a graph on their page about, you know, like uh, – if you're better goal scoring, you're farther this way. And if you're better defending, you're farther that way. And see where the teams are in the whole thing. Your Toronto Maplers, pretty good. Pretty so good. They're in up that there. quadrant. In yeah, the correct they're, quadrant. they're in the correct quadrant. Do Oilers you, look like the best. Do you go crunch numbers like after every night? Or would you uh, wait like in the morning? Would you go? And, yeah. And, well, every night I'll get a, a game report from Sport Logic and I'll yeah. see where the Leafs were strong or weak or whatever. The other night, who was it that they were so bad in puck battles? We all were like, God, oh, they can't Philly. win a puck battle. Philly. Are you killed. hot and cold on just certain categories, or is there one that you always go to first? I always check expected goals, you know, like which is kind of the deserve to win factor. You know, if you heavily, I think the expected goals in the last game against Arizona, you know, the Leafs just absolutely crushed them. It wasn't even close. Uh, I and do what have, are you measuring? Uh, uh, shot attempts, shot yeah. blocks, shot. So every time someone attempts a shot, where is it from? Yes. Is it off a rush? Is it off a rebound? Yeah. It, it's all assigned a certain weight. So they should have had 4.93 goals against Arizona, and Arizona should have had 1.71 goals. So then you can look at it and say, okay, Samsonov you know, let in more goals than probably should have happened. But still, it's that's a game where they will play him. You know what I look at, too, is just yeah. ozone possession time. Who had the puck longer in the other team's end yeah. with possession? That tells a bit of a story to me. I'm always weary of like high danger chances. Just who's collecting the data and is he a moron? Well, now it's a lot of computers. Oh, a is lot, it? A lot of like. Uh, okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Then. And Sport Logic does go back through. They have. So it's all like the algorithm, and then they have people go back and vet the information. Wow. I always envisioned the, the data collectors like being like, uh, yeah. like the 19. 19- 72 NHL goal judge. Well, he, where, yeah, like he's a hundred years old and can barely make out his hand. Well, there was years where the, there was just some guy up top being like, that's a shot. You know, <laughs> missed like five rebounds in a row. But there is, I forget who told me this. Maybe it was you that told me this morning, but one of the, one junior team had their goalie tracking stuff, the backup yeah, goalie. That, that was common where forever. Like, where they're like yeah. tracking, you know, like, oh, the shot clipboard. Att- but yeah, like the, shot yeah, attempts right. and shot, like, you know, Something different than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, like, shots on goal and having the backup goalie do it. I actually like that, but... 
there was recently a story about a backup goalie who then said to their coach, like, I'm not a statistician. Yeah. I'm here to play goal. You know, which the thing he said, I didn't love, but I know. The thing you said that he said there that about process versus results that and talking about Pittsburgh, it's like, that's what you just makes you not want to do the job anymore. Where but, it's like, you have yeah. the right, you're doing the right thing. You just, the puck will not go over the line at the rate you need it to. That's why hockey is but there incredibly is, frustrating. But this is where analytics is coming around where you don't just go, oh, we're getting unlucky. Duvis teams have looked unlucky for a long time, a long time now. The Edmonton Oilers had good numbers when they sucked at the start of the year. Yes, they did. But I mean, but that was validated, right? Yeah, when they, they, won, they came I around. Absolutely. That my whole point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That like they based it on this will turn. Yeah. Now, still fired your coach. Yeah. But, yeah. They didn't look. But Daryl Kath, Cates doesn't look at the underlying they, numbers. They they saw the numbers and they said. This will turn for us. Yeah. The three best teams in terms of expected goals this year are the Oilers, the Leafs, and the Penguins, which make of that what you will. Oilers? Florida's right there. Oilers, Leafs, Leafs Penguins? Yeah. For expected goals? Yeah, then Panthers. My favorite joke is, who's expecting them? I know. That's my favorite uh, joke. Yeah, that's a good one. Anyway. <laughs> anyway it's the, not very the, good. The, the power play, though, is... Okay. Right. That's what, what, what is that? Listening through Dubas's press conference yesterday, there was like three separate questions about the power play. It's like a yeah, hot yeah, we're working on it. It's a hot <laughs> in the ridge Dunlop. Issue. Yeah, well, you go and get a hundred point defenseman, and it no, gets, we're not doing this again today. Oh no, we're not. No, no. but what we should do is <laughs> that. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 Sammy, thank you for saving me there. <laughs> Elliot did right oh, in yeah. thirty-two thoughts. Could a, you know Eric Carlson and Ottawa be a, a? Could there be a reunion between Carlson and Ottawa? There was already one firing of a general manager in Ottawa. You want two? <laughs> but like Elliot doesn't just say things like that. It was the number two point of his thirty-two or twenty-six thoughts or whatever. It was the second point. Is could there be something what, there? What's twenty-six thoughts? He, he doesn't do thirty-two all the time anymore. He's a busy man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought they got rid of 18. <laughs> Anyways, uh, do you guys want to do game time? Badly. You Badly know, even no. if we said no, yeah. you'd still do it. So well, why just, do you ask? I support you. I was making sure there was nothing else you wanted to get to okay. before I read, I, uh, read game time. You're okay. so nice. You are. <laughs> you know, people have said that about me in my life. <laughs> A lot of other bad things, but generally nice. It's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds to find out why it's never ordinary. Bet365 must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, Kipper, Bet365 is sort of feeling a similar way to you about the Leafs in Vegas tonight. The Leafs are a favorite tonight in Vegas. On the second half of a back-to-back. No stone. Is that that stone and no uh, Eichel? Yeah, but I mean, Martin Jones and Nett, second half of a back-to-back. They are. They're minus 115 favorite. Wow. Uh, Vegas is minus 105, so it's pretty close. Like, pretty close to even money here on both sides. But minus 115 for the Leafs in Vegas tonight. So, Kind of a little bit of credence yeah. to your feeling. Yep. Uh, maybe you're wearing that suit today. Maybe you set the lines there. Uh, Lucky. What's, I the like guy, it. what's the guy in Casino? The Marty Mush? No. <laughs> the, <laughs> you're looking the, for? Uh, the character that Robert De Niro plays. I can't think of it off the top of my head. So Here's what I think of that game. Mm. Martin Jones and Nett, mm-hmm. back-to-back for the Leafs. Yeah. Everyone thinks Riley's back and going to eat the minutes. They're going to give up some goals. Vegas is missing. Great defensive player in stone. I just think goals. I just think bet the over. Okay, like that. The number on the over is minus 115. So so they think it's got a good chance of going over as well. 
So if you like a side in that, maybe you could pair it with the over and have a little bit of fun watching that one. Um, battle of two teams scrapping for their playoff lives tonight in St. Louis. New York Islanders in St. Louis to take on the Blues. Didn't love what I saw from the Blues the last two times the Leafs played them. But I haven't loved what I've seen from the Islanders <laughs> you like the Islanders? Uh, so give me a shot on the uh, underdog at home, the home dog, the St. Louis Blues at plus 105. And I'm just pulling this up now because I saw the Washington Capitals. Ovi's hot, boys. Oh. So Ovi's hot. Eight and eight. And I just, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be upset like me for him scoring, you might as well be financially reimbursed for it. Uh, for it. See, they're, they're back. <laughs> they're back to thinking he's Ovi. He's a plus one twenty-five to score a goal tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So give me an Ovi goal tonight, so I can win some money and not be as sour about him catching Wayne Gretzky. Cool, uh, cool, cool. Where do we have? Sorry, sorry sports beard. I know you don't like that very much. And, and- where do we have Washington? Like, is are they going to try to ride Ovi into a playoff spot? I, I will tell not. you, <clears throat> I think they stink. They, I, I know I there's no sports beer is my it. guy. I, I just not, I uh, think they're the slowest team in the league. They look, you know, they have great names, formerly great names that are slowing down a little bit, and they like Pittsburgh probably need to get younger. Yep. Uh, that was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds. Find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19+. plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. All right. Uh, 11 games on tap, including that uh, Washington Capital game against Tampa Bay. Uh, anything else? Or are we good? Take a b- quick break. Yeah, take Let's a break. hit we'll news and back. notes on the other side, pal. Oh, boy. Yep. All right. I don't want to get into a little bit more on Arizona. And what we saw last night. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy is right, Sammy. Oh boy is right. That more when we return on Real Kipper and Born. Hey, it's Ben Ennis. And I'm Brent Gunning. We got you covered on all things Leafs, Raptors, and Blue Jays every weekday morning, 6 to 9. It's the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcasts. Nick Kiprios, Sammy McKee, and my good buddy JB. How nice was Quinton Byfield's goal the other night against Columbus? Because it's been a slow development. It, it was a development for this guy through a pandemic. They got a chance to put him in the American Hockey League a little bit through it. They've waited a long time, and then... You watch this goal the other night, end to end off of a defensive zone face off that you went, okay, the man has arrived. It's wild. Like the resistance to highly touted players going to the American Hockey League, right? Like how much everyone's like, oh, he's, you know, it's deemed a failure or whatever, whatever it is that people look at it. It's not a positive. He goes, he plays well. Now he's 21 years old, six foot five, 216 pounds. I mean, he's all—he's got 42 points in 52 games. Scores goals like that, and you got a star for a decade now. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. More guys aren't asked to do that. And, and he's and second pick are, overall. Yeah, 2020. Uh, before Stutzler, right? It was who was the first pick in that draft? And Lafreniere. Thank, thank you. And then it was him, and then Stutzler. Lafreniere. I'm I'm looking Lafayette. at they and they're they're coming around a bit too. The Kings have won four in a row now. They're they're looking a little bit more solid. But six out of seven, maybe. But that that goal, you know, th- there's certain ones you watch where you're going to be like, 
I'll remember that one in five years. Like that one will be on like an all decade list yeah. for goals. Like I'm not sure it's like the best one ever. It's all in the eye of the he, beholder, but it's a beautiful, beautiful goal. He's it's it's not as flashy still. Like it seems at, at times like even on that rush, and if you haven't seen it, just just Google it. Um it seems at times like he's almost off balance and he's not off balance, yeah. but it's not lanky. It's okay, lanky. It great yeah. players Sometimes are... you think it's Bambi on ice yeah. when the legs could split at any second, but <laughs> and then he just puts it all together. Some of those guys, yeah, I remember Mark Shifley when he was a young player and Huberto and, you know, I understand they became different type players, but that lankiness to me when a guy is still valuable with all those limbs and they're the guys who become Zidane Ochara or, you know, the guys who figure it out. It's so He's in a good spot on pace for 30 goals, 28 actually. As we said, uh, 11 games on tap, including Nashville. Just, wa- just watch it again. Yeah. So, so, so nice. nice. <laughs> Anyways, Nashville at L.A. tonight. So. You mean bury Nashville yet or what? This is a big game. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not ready to. Are you ready to write off Nashville? Are sure you ready am. to trade everybody? Yep. I'm I am ready. What do you think about uh Saros? Is that going to happen at some point? Well, they've got that uh the Russian number 1 goalie there, Eric uh or uh, Askarov. Askarov. Askarov yeah. And they uh their American League team with him on it has won 18 games in a row. And he has been unbelievable for their minor league team and He's ready. I you know, I think Now's the time. Well, I mean to go back to your conversation about letting guys play well in the American League. I mean, he's obviously had a couple good years there. Maybe they just picture him as a next year they'll call him up and he'll be the backup to Soros and they'll kind of do it that way. Mm-hmm. Or you just throw him his feet to the fire and you put him right in there. Well, the thing about that, though, is like where are they in the standings, right? Like any games he comes into play for Nashville after the deadline are probably not hyper-competitive games. I understand they're not... You know, far out of it. They're kind of on the on the playoff cusp. They are, but... they are tied with the St. Louis Blues at sixty points yeah. for the second wild card spot. You know, to me, it's it's the time where you can trade Soros. You can put this guy in, give him that exposure. He's played these American League games now. It's interesting that both Soros and Markstrom have like a big name goalie behind them waiting. That to me makes me believe that we'll see both those guys move. So who who flinches here, the Devils or the Kings on a goalie? I think the Devils are definitely going to do something. It's just the longer they wait, it's like it's getting away from them a little bit. They they still are on the outside looking in, right? They're, I don't know. It's taking them so long. I yeah, but they them to me are they are a very scary team if they get Markstrom. Yeah, because it's immediately the team they were last year with one of the best goalies in the league, right? Like. That, that changes things in the Eastern Conference playoff picture to me. Yeah, you look at all the talent there. I mean, the top line is Palat, Heeshear, Brat. Then you got Hughes and Halla, Toffoli, Timo Myers on the third line. Like, there's a ton of talent. Luke Hughes, Nemich, they're, they're good. Yeah. Before we went to break, you mentioned something that you wanted to bring up. With, yeah, but listen, we, we had Bill Armstrong, the general manager of Arizona, on our show yesterday. And, you know, he's, he was great, too, by the way. Great I, interview. I really enjoyed him. I mean, he's doing everything that he's supposed to do as a general manager and speak well of your, the future. And, I'm waiting for that. You know, but. Yeah, here's but. the but. <laughs> the but is we did the game last night against Arizona and Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I, I spent the majority of the game like, what am I watching here? 
it was just a horrible feeling. It was a horrible look. Mulletering. The, the, the shadows on the ice, the sounds, it sounded awful. It's like, what are we watching here? This is not NHL standards. Players it's not, are growing the, Even the game. It, listen, Leafs, take the two points. That game last night did nothing to help the Leafs prepare for the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was just a filler game, almost like just get your goals, Austin. Get a couple of goals, keep it going, and just get the heck out of there. Yeah. But th- that's just not right. No, it was, you know what it was like. It was like what, like watching uh, one of those preseason, those September Craftville games. Yeah, uh, it's like they're playing in like Finland as like a preseason or, series. Or they were or... like in Orono Arena at the community center <laughs> watching it. Like, <laughs> you you gotta shut that down. Like, it's time. embarrassing. It's been embarrassing, Kip. I. You know, we just don't talk about them because they haven't been relevant, but it is humiliating as an NHL fan that we have a team in a in a college team's rink. The fact that it's the second season of it is crazy. Yeah. Like, even if it's the first year and it's like, we're doing this for one year and we're figuring it out, we're moving somewhere else, this is just a temporary thing. The fact that they're like, no, 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 another year is unbelievably embarrassing we don't want to come on here and be negative every day so there's no point in talking about it all the time but make no mistake that's embarrassing it has to end after this, this year. year next year they can't yeah. do it again they just can't and, and i and, do and, believe it could still work there you just got to get uh, in the, arizona yeah the right owner but they can't build a rink by September. you don't have to build a rink you just move the team in with the nba team yeah the phoenix suns you share that building i think that's functional in and, the interim? oh yeah yeah you shared the building with them. You get your 15, 16, 17,000 people, and you build one as early as next year. You start the process with a solid, with a solid uh, ownership group that the fans there can trust. I don't think it sounds like yeah. it's their present owner right now. So do you think the team's actively for sale right now? I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. I have no idea. And I'm not sure they definitively know yet. Yeah. But it there has to be some hard decisions coming up in a few weeks. You know, Elliot, I talked about 32 Thoughts, has all those long thoughts. If I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah, Thought 22 at the bottom. A couple weeks ago, Coyote's owner Alex Marullo said he'd address his staff about the future. It hasn't happened yet. Sounds like sounds, sounds like, like a guy Marulo being like, "Yeah, well, I'll get back to he, you." He, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, so, yeah, I'll pay that. I'll pay that parking ticket next right. week. He's trying to figure something out here. Yeah, he's trying to figure it out. And I think, I think the league still, and we know how stubborn Gary can be. And I don't know. We've had examples where everybody's told him to bail on Ottawa and Edmonton and Winnipeg, and somehow he's found a way to yeah. keep them there. I or go back to there. You know, I know nothing. I have no contacts, mm, but yeah. I bet the idea that uh, Marula would sell the team back to the league or give the team back to the league and they give them whatever it's roughly worth and then they get to sell it for much more, much more to an ownership group that wants to build a rink and um, do the darn thing. I will say, though, you know, if you're a Leaf fan, last night rocked. You know, well, was there in, any Coyotes fans? No, there? but like you're in Scottsdale. First of all, yeah. we've well documented our love for Scottsdale. Yeah, you get to go to that arena. You see 
like I said last night on Leafs Talk, you're seeing Kanye West at Lee's Palace. Like it's an NHL game <laughs> in a junior barn. Like it's unbelievable. And then you get to pour out into downtown Scottsdale after you watch your team win against a crappy team. It's a great night for a fan, for a traveling snowbird fan. But every night for a NHL team, yeah. it's embarrassing. Logan Cooley had his, just got stuffed in a locker by oh my. Lilligren. He, the second one, he hit hard. That's nice context, by the way, right? Like it was him and Cooley on a line with Snuggerud yeah. in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, watching Cooley, everyone's like, you got to see this kid skate. He can't skate past Lilligren. Well, he had the dash later in the game where he cut around Benoit, and Benoit actually made a good play to recover. Took a good angle. But, yeah. like, the burst, you're like, whoa. He has oh, it. Oh, he he's has got it. it. I know it hasn't shown in the last 12 games, uh, but, like, they're, they're like the Ottawa Senators of, of the, the West. They're, yeah, but the, you, you could sell hope with a lot of these guys. Michelli's good. And I'm sure Gary will be selling hope when he bumps the price up a bunch to the guy from Salt Lake. Yeah. Look at all this hope. Colorado apparently uh, going to be sort of going through Arizona's roster and looking at Bustad and, um, you know, perhaps an Alex Kerfoot reunion. Oh. One of the teams looking for uh, for someone off their roster. So. I heard uh, Hend- Hendricks. Huh? Co- Colorado. Yeah. Lots of interest in uh, oh, Henry. A- Adam Hendrick. Adam Hendrick. Out of uh, Anaheim. That mm. would make them significantly yeah. better. But he'd be, like, no different than... Monahan, that would be. Let's start with a first rounder and add. I mean, Adam Henrique first. Rounder. I'm just uh, hey, Relax. listen, uh, Monahan. I just and think- Lindholm, believe it or not. Yeah, but they're not in the same. No, Lindholm's they're not, not in the same. But actually, their 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 numbers are probably closer than you think. This year, maybe. It's funny. I, I watch. I've watched a lot of Canucks since they got Lindholm. I love watching the Canucks. One of my favorite teams to watch. I'm not yeah. just saying that to pander to the Vancouver audience. Oh, yeah, tons they're, of skill. They're a really fun team to watch. It's Have funny, they feels, won since? Yeah, since since he's been there. Yeah, yeah of course. How many they, games? I don't know, but they won their first game against okay. Carolina, and All right. maybe they one. No, they've won a couple since Two. he was there. Okay, um, but it feels like he's been on the team forever. Like, it just feels like he's a Canuck. I don't know. He's, like, he looks good in the jersey. He looks like he belongs there. He's playing with the fellow Swedes. I don't know. I just, it feels like he's going to be there for the rest of his career. I yeah. don't know why. Maybe not, but just looks like he belongs. Yeah, I can see it. Are they, uh, they back at it tonight? Oh, they've got Seattle. Yeah, so, yeah, it just, shouldn't this be a good rivalry? Well, Seattle has not. Seattle's bailing, too. You think they're going to sell? Bailing? Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll get rid of a few pieces. Yanni Gordon to the Leafs? Uh, no, but Eberle probably will get moved and maybe a defenseman. Alex Wenberg? Uh, is he UFA? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So their back end is Dunn, Larson, Alexiak, Borgen, Dumoulin, Justin Schultz. So, yeah, the, Seattle, everyone loved the patient way that they played it out of the expansion draft. You, you just... Look at how hard Vegas had to work to get elite players. I still would have loved to see them have something on yeah. this roster. You know, they have a lot of assets. Yeah. Right. We always say they didn't treat yeah. themselves. No. They didn't treat themselves at all. Should have picked up Tarasenko. Or, you know, Duchesne or just something. Yeah. Yeah. A treat. <laughs> a little treat. <laughs> when we think of a, a guy like Jimmy Rutherford who can pull a trigger rather quickly or what Vegas has done with Kelly McCrimmon, and George McPhee and how they pull triggers. Mm. Ronnie Francis is almost like, you know, the opposite where it's just like, go, go take a look at his history of, yeah. of, of trading or bringing in guys. It's, 
it's slow and steady. That's a good way to stay employed, though, isn't it? If you're just, oh, I'm conservative, I'm mature, I'm cautious, you know? The answer is yes. Yes. The great well, way to stay isn't employed. That, wasn't that the, the rep on Shovel Day Off forever? Yes. And I used ha- to call him Kevin Shovel Summer Off. He'd never do anything. And he has been, how has he been employed for 100 years? Yes. He's been there forever. So it's like there's something to that for sure. And it's slowly kind of built to them being. David Poyle. Yeah. No, no, more. Yeah, more years of 30 plus. No. Since they, well, no, since they came in. None of the guys we just mentioned have won a cup doing it. Yeah. He pulled a few big trades over the years, but still just enough to keep people. Believing that you're you're that close to winning a Stanley Cup. None of them are. Go get me Jack Eichel. Go get me always Petrangelo. No. And then when those moves fail, you get fired. And when they succeed, you win cups. So it's like a risk reward. Where is? uh, Oh, can I ask you a question about Seattle? And I guess maybe I'm you answer my own question because of the conservativeness of uh, Ron Francis. But would they ever listen on Alexiak? I don't think so. But they should. Make an offer you can't refuse, but I don't think that they're interested in moving him or Larson. Is mm-hmm. it Larson? Yeah. And Vince Dunn's there. And so, Alexiak's uh, Justin Schultz. You want Justin Schultz? No, I want Alexiak. <laughs> what did you think of last night's Oilers Bruins game? Yeah. Uh, it was fun. Stanley Cup preview? 4 1, down 4 1. So, uh, good on him for making a game of it, but. Uh, yeah, a little sloppy on their part, I guess. Corey uh, Perry shoots another one in the net. Big fight. Yeah, the the fight was interesting. I don't know if you saw how it developed, but it wasn't like a do you want to go thing. It was like the guy said something yeah. to him that upset him. Yeah, and they fought. Yeah. And he held his own. Sure. I just... You want to guess on what he said yeah, to let's upset speculate. him? Yeah, let's see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. I got a we few got, ideas. Boys, we got four minutes left <laughs> on the show. Let's just yeah. let's, let's stay employed. No, All right. Um, okay, but, oh, Swayman being bad would worry me for the Bruins. Not that he's a bad goalie, mm-hmm. but they need their goaltending to be Jennings Trophy yeah. good because the rest of the team is yes. very okay. And the feeling was that they were spectacular when the team was kind of eh, okay yeah. for a good portion of the first half of the season. Yes. Oh, they they, they won them a okay, lot of here, games. Here's one that I had no idea about. Mm. The Panthers seek their 12th road win against the Hurricanes, which would tie an NHL record. Like, was this completely under the radar, or am I just an idiot? No, this is one of those. So, sorry, is it just 12th road win in a row right now? That's what we're talking about? Yeah, a a road winning streak. I got to tell you guys, I don't love stuff like this. (laughs) I know you don't. Yeah, you know, like baseball, and they're like... This guy against lefties in you know okay, in, but, in parks that face okay. southwest uh, in the, the wind in the afternoon uh, out, hits like, okay. outside of no sizzle on I don't care about a stupid record <laughs> it, it's it's impressive though yeah it's great they win all the time they're great they're the doesn't best matter if they're home the or, doesn't matter if they're home or away yes they come in there they beat the crap out of you they score more goals than you and they leave they are very very good doing the hockey <laughs> Carolina though is coming around so they they got their hands full. Did you guys take a look at how many UFAs are on Florida? Oh yeah, no, is it next lots? year. Oh, oh, take whole, a look. It's the whole team, like half. Yeah, half the team. I, they got to resign half the team. Kipper, they, all he, of Arizona's D men are up. I did hear Literally though that there's not a huge concern on Sam Reinhart resigning. Yeah, he'll sign for ten bucks a year. He's. Uh, gonna, it's going to be under ten. He's never scored forty yeah. goals for this year. Yeah. 
So let's play Will They Be a Panther next year. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Montour. Yes. Gustav Forsling. Yes. Yes. Oliver Ekman Larson. Mm. Uh, with that number, will have to come way down. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, forward addition. Nick Cousins. Yes. Stephen Lorenz. Yeah, uh, all the, no thoughts on that. Yeah, all their guys that are down here. They're all the all the guys that are matter are still under contract for a long time. So yeah, like, you got my exci- you got me excited for no reason. Lundell is an RFA. You know who might not be back there next year? Hmm. Uh, Aaron Eckblad. What? Mm. Well, what, he's what got another mean? year on his deal. Yeah, but it uh, it goes from a no move to ten teams. Oh, so. I could see him moving. I could see them deciding to move off of his seven point five million currently, and then hand it over to Montour. Because Reinhardt's going to need another three million per season. Montour's making three five. What do you have? Going to be. What do you have? Sam Reinhardt at six and a half, nine point seven five. Uh, I don't even think it needs to go that high. No. What? No. God, if you play for the Leafs, can you imagine the number? Kipper be like, he's eighty million a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you can get him for eight and a half. <laughs> what are you? T- eight and a half? Eight and a half, nine. Well, there's no tax there, so they get the... Thank they get, you. They get the... It's like 11 any, no anywhere else. Way. And he's get not getting... advantage, as usual. He's not getting 11 anywhere else, and he'll get the eighth year for eight, eight two five. It's still incredible money. Yeah, it is. And also, do you believe that at 29, Sam Reinhardt is going to go on some Jose Bautista run in his 30s? I don't. Mm. Oh, then... Do what Vegas does with Mark Stone. Just put him on LTR. <laughs> every every late fab he gets hurt. <laughs> All right. Okay. 11 games on tap tonight. Pick your favorite one. Staying awake for the least game tonight, Kippy, or what? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> I'm staying up for all of it. <laughs> Derek England. Third period has morning viewing written all over. <laughs> Former captain of Vegas. Thank you for joining us. And Mike Kelly from the NHL Network and Sport Logic. If you get a chance, give us a rating and review. Let us know what you think of the real Kipper and Bourne show. Have fun, everybody, tonight. We'll see you on Off the Rails Friday tomorrow.